episode 165, the Walmart DC Comics 4 comic blind bag thing that contains the Wonder Woman 1984 exclusive movie tie-in. Hey there, everyone. It's me, Ben, Ben Avery, and I would like to thank you for joining me in the comic book time machine as we turn our time machine back in time to summer of 2020. I think it was summer. I'm pretty sure it was summer. It doesn't matter if it was summer or not. But uh, what I've got in my hands right now is a blind bag. And the reason that this was summer is because originally, I believe, the Wonder Woman movie Wonder Woman 1984 was supposed to come out in uh, in the summer, and it was moved to December, where it's going to receive, or if you're listening to this, depending on how timey-wimey we get with the whole uh, time machine thing and how, how long it takes me to read the comics and how long it takes me to release this episode, the movie may have come out already. But the plan for DC and Warner Brothers was to release the Wonder Woman movie Christmas Day streaming and in theaters. And so in the summer, I bought this. Uh, I've given up on trying to buy all of the Walmart blind bags and stuff like that. Uh, It was exciting and it was fun when they were announcing it, but I realized I'm not going to read all of them. I'm probably not going to be interested in all of them. So I've, I've done one episode of a Walmart blind bag from that first wave where they had replaced the 100 page giants with four issue blind bag uh, things. And so I did one of those and I actually bought more than one. I did go back and get some, uh, but I haven't gotten into those yet. Uh, For this second round that they had, I bought two, two of them, and I haven't opened either of them yet. I'm holding them both in my hand right now. One of them I bought because it has on the cover uh, the Wonder Woman 1984. That's the one that's visible. So there's four comics in here, but you can only see what one of them is, and they shrink wrap these. And so unlike the loose bags of my youth, uh, where you could kind of take a peek in there, and actually unlike the loose bags of Ollie's, you know, you could kind of take a look in there. Although at Ollie's, people just go ahead and open them up directly and just take the comics out. But uh, these are shrink wrapped really tightly. And so I'm not even sure what these are with the first round. I was able to do some research, figure out what was in each one. And you kind of knew what you were getting. Uh, although I didn't remember necessarily when I opened up that first one, but this is the second round and I didn't even really bother to pay attention to what the other ones were. I just know that they were comics that were just part of regular, uh, canon, regular series, uh, regular DC stuff. And I just wasn't interested in that as people know who listen to the podcast, The only current DC stuff that I'm following along with are the Swamp Thing related materials. And so I do have a deceased planet issue that had Swamp Thing on the cover. Didn't realize Swamp Thing was actually in that series. Now I know. I'll probably try and read the collected edition. I'm not having a lot of luck at our local comic shop finding the other issues in that series. And so I'm not going to mess with it. But that cover, by the way, (laughs) is awesome. It is a sweet cover, just a head and shoulders kind of shot. swampy it's really really cool but the reason i got these two is this one was a movie tie-in 
And the other one is Batman The Adventures Continue, which is uh, the continuation of the Batman the Animated Series thing that they did. And while I'm not interested in reading the whole series, I was uh, intrigued enough to see, like, what is this first issue like? I I, I don't know what I'm else is going to be in there. Again, the other issues that are in these blind bags are more than likely the just regular DC titles and that sort of thing, modern titles. And so, you know, I, I just, that's why I'm just not interested in, in just tracking them all down. Like I was, you know, at first with the hundred page giants where I was getting them all, you know, it was like my Pokemon. I was, I was collecting them all instead. Um, then when, well, in the second round of those, it was not so much getting them all. It was just getting the one shots because all the one shots were interesting to me with the, from beyond the unknown to the, um, uh, I think it was, I can't remember what the, the army one was that they did, but they did some really cool one shots that I, oh, the ghosts, there's another one. Uh, and then of course the swamp thing. So yeah, so I'm holding in my hands, this one that has wonder woman, 1984. It's a tie in comic and I'm opening it now because it's before Christmas and I want to read this before Christmas. And I don't know if it'll be good or not, but it was a blind bag. It was related to a movie I'm going to see. And I figure, Hey, Let's let's run with it now. Unlike uh, some episodes of blind bags where I open up and I do a an, uh, podcast promo bef- between each comic book for this one, I'm just going to go ahead and open these up, talk about what I've got in my hand, and then I will play a one podcast promo. When I come back, I will have read all four of these comics. And it's also quite possible that I will have seen Wonder Woman 84. And so I'm excited about that movie. I I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but it is the same creative team as the first one. At least Patty Jenkins is uh, directing and, you know, that first one was so good. That was a great, great superhero movie. And so I'm I'm really curious what this one's going to be like. The 80s. I grew up in that decade. Uh, It's interesting because my kids right now are (laughs) because of Stranger Things and Saved by the Bell and a couple other things. They're fans of the eighties, especially my youngest daughter, my 13 year old, she's really or 14 year old now. Right. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Uh, I could hesitate because she's not going to listen to this podcast, but anyway, she's really, uh, down with the eighties stuff and, uh, her Spotify playlists are really interesting because there is just a lot of eighties music in there. So anyway, uh, I'm going to open this up right now, and let's take a look and see what's inside. Uh, first of all, this second round does have the uh, artwork that you can put together in. I have to get my letter opener here. There we got it. Uh, the artwork that you can put together. It looks like there is, yeah, bonus. Collect all five packs to complete these posters featuring Batman, Joker, and Wonder Woman. It looks like though the Wonder Woman one is kind of its own thing as just kind of a single pinup instead of having to uh, match them together with uh, the other images. So we'll see about that. Um, I doubt I'm going to put the pinup anywhere, but yes, it is a Wonder Woman pinup. And yes, it is um, the movie Wonder Woman. So what else do I get in here? Well, <laughs> yeah, hey, um, Harley Quinn, number 73, which was probably the thing I disliked the most from those 100-page giants. Lois Lane at number 11. Now that's interesting. I actually, there there's, I have some interest in that. And then there's Batgirl number 46. No, that's not the one that I have already. Is it? 
Wait a minute. No, this is the follow-up. I, I have to look and make sure. But this is the second part of the Batgirl comic that I read in the last DC blind bag that I opened. Is it to be continued? I am flipping to the end to see. I don't know if it's to be continued. It just says next, the joke that kills. Um, I get to read the end. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. So Lois Lane, I'm interested in the covers. Really nice. Uh, but let's start with the, what I'm not interested in. That's Harley Quinn, number 73. She's just on the cover. Uh, looks like that might be Man Bat who is um, holding her up. It says Harley Quinn betrayed. And then she says every stinking time. And then there's some other character that I don't know running along with what looks like Man Bat kind of. Then you've got this really cool style with uh, Lois Lane where um, she's in the center and full color. And she's got her press hat on and some sunglasses and she's writing down notes with a uh, pen and paper and she's holding a microphone. And then around her, there's some stylized graphic design stuff with some uh, letters that look like they've been cut out from a newspaper, the daily planet kind of ha uh, rings around her head, like a halo uh, it says extra like newspaper. There's a hand holding a phone, old school phone, uh, but this cover, it's a variant cover, but it looks really cool. Now, I don't know anything about the Lois Lane uh, series, but this is this is interesting to me. Then there's the Batgirl cover, which is a variant cover as well. It's her posed on the cover with the moon behind her and a lot of bats flying in the dark sky behind her. But yeah, I... I have to check to see if this is the direct follow-up of that Batgirl comic that I already read, but I'm pretty sure it is. Let's see here. going to go ahead and look back, and it is episode number 160 when I did the DC blind bag four-pack from Walmart. And yes, it is. Uh, when I opened up that bag, it had Batgirl number 45. And if I remember correctly, I actually was kind of intrigued by the story, not enough to actually follow through. This is exciting to me, though. This is, uh, it's not random. They did this on purpose, but yeah, that's cool. And then you have uh, Gal Gadot on the cover of WW84, number one, Museum Mayhem, exclusive movie tie-in. And she is, it's not, it's not a photo, it's uh, a drawing of her. There's a museum behind her. She is running towards us. And so this is intended to be a movie tie-in. I'm not sure if it's going to be a completely new adventure or if it's going to be you know, just part of the movie. I have seen some comics do that before where they kind of present Act 1 and then um, that's supposed to entice you to go and see the movie. Uh, I think the Venom comic was kind of like that. But anyway... I am okay. I'm, I'm favorably three out of the four. I know I'm going to like, I just Harley Quinn is one of those characters that I just don't like at all. I just can't stand that character, her Deadpool. Uh, and I don't know if it's just the attitude that they have or, or what it is, but I, the anti-hero Harley Quinn 
just grates on me where, you know, she's, I don't know, I think it's partially because she's not a good person, at least when I look at it, but she's lifted up to be this uh, icon, you know, and I, I just don't like her. And and maybe, you know, people who do like her can can like her and appreciate that she's not someone that maybe you should emulate. I mean, she's a murderer, you know, and she's not a not a good person, but... That's just me, you know, again, uh, like I said last episode, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. If you are a fan of of Harley Quinn, we can still be friends. One of my best podcasting friends out there, Daniel Butcher, is a fan of Deadpool. I hate Deadpool, and we can still love each other like brothers. It took some work, but we, we can do it, you know. So I'm going to read these, and I'm going to read them in order of interest. So Harley Quinn will be read first. Lois Lane will be read second. Batgirl will be read third. And Wonder Woman will be read last. Although if I had known this Batgirl comic was in here, I probably would have um, been more excited about that than the Wonder Woman one. (laughs) So anyway, that said, I'm going to play a sounder and then I'm going to come back and the time machine will have traveled and I will have read four comics. Well, okay, so I'm holding in my hand uh, some surprises. Uh, Let's start with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn can't stand the character, still can't stand the character, but this book was surprisingly well-written, and the artwork was really strong. So uh, the other thing that I would say about this is that, you know, if this, well, this was my first issue I'm not sure the issues that I had with the 100 page giant and and the Batman uh, backups I'm not sure what issues those were this is issue number 73 and I have no idea what is going on as I open up this book fortunately I don't need to know too much uh, by the time I'm on page two and three I know exactly what's going on based on some narration but also on some exposition. And then just some of it is context clues, and it really works well as far as this being a book that I'm picking up. I'm coming in in the middle of a story. This is part, let's see, part four of Lost and Found. It's called California or Death. It's written by Sam Humphreys. Sammy Basri is the artist, uh, and Dave Sharp does the, the lettering. So as I'm reading along... I'm realizing, you know, this is actually a pretty compelling story. This is Harley Quinn. She's trying to be a detective, trying to solve a murder. Turns out the murder is actually a suicide and she was wrong and dealing with her issues of being wrong. And she's dealing with her issues of, well, just her issues. And she's realizing that she's helping a lot of people who just have issues. And then she goes and visits a character who's actually the narrator, who has some sort of uh, live stream YouTube kind of thing. And that character is named Charity XO. And her power is she can see in the future, so she knows that Harley Quinn is is coming. And she reads Harley Quinn's future. And then Harley Quinn goes and, and beats up a bad guy in a wrestling ring. And, you know, it all makes sense in the context of the story. But as she beats up the bad guy in the wrestling ring, she realizes this guy actually killed the person that she was trying to uh, track down the murder. And she 
realizes I was right. It was a murder. <laughs> and so uh, the story itself, it's good. If there's another character, I would be much more intrigued by it. But I cannot deny the quality of what I was reading. The whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to like this. But as I'm reading, I'm realizing, no, this is really well written, really well drawn. And, you know, as far as quality comic book, this this is a quality comic book. I don't know. Um, Man Bat's not in it. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on with the cover that goes along with uh, what's supposed to be here in this uh, in this issue. But I was surprised, very surprised. Then there's Lois Lane. And again, that it's a variant cover that I have. And so that's why the cover is so nice. Um, but Lois Lane, the one that I was actually really intrigued by, the exact opposite. This is the exact opposite thing as Harlequin. As far as the, it's chapter 11, it's issue 11. So, you know, this is being written to the trade. You know, I there is no exposition as, and there is no narration. And I'm just picking up in the middle of a story. I have no clue what's going on. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they're doing it. All I know is things are happening. There's magical stuff going on. I do realize, okay, there's Renee. So that's Renee Matoya, the question. There's Lois Lane. There's a character called The Kiss that looks kind of interesting. And as I'm reading along, though, I'm just confused. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what, you know, they have this big, huge problem. And they solve the problem by apparently using some information that they have learned in previous issues, but I don't know what that is. And this comic just confused me. It did not interest me at all. And I, this is the one I'm picking up. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to jump into this and, and find out about what's going on here. I have no idea what's going on. And, and it ends. I don't know why the ending is good or how the ending is good. Uh, there's revelations about characters that I don't know. And then, and then it's done. <laughs> so that is Lois Lane number 11. The big surprise was Batgirl number 46. And I was so excited because Batgirl number 46 has an ending. Now there is a cliffhanger and it is a cliffhanger that is one panel that is going to say, you know, something is coming here in the future next issue. Uh, but it does not leave me hanging on the story that I'm holding in my hands. These two issues that I got to read from these two blind bags, Batgirl number 45 and then Batgirl number 46 right now, uh, it's all you need. It's a complete story. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. This is the end of her investigation from first issue, and we get to find out why the villain is doing what the villain is doing and the villain monologues and Batgirl uses the monologue to escape from the big uh, giant, ridiculous uh, Batman 66 style situation. But the big giant, ridiculous Batman 66 style situation that she's in is tied into this power plant that this woman has created. The bad guy has created and so that situation is not one of those things where I just say to myself, oh, there's so much money in that situation just to, you know, cause an inconvenience for our good guys, you know, for a cliffhanger. Instead, this is tied into not just the plan that the bad guy has, but actually also in it's tied into the motivation that the bad guy has. And so I'm not going to give away too much. I don't know. This is a pretty obscure comic to just say, hey, you know, if you want to pick it up you know, and, and get your own, you know, have your own experience with it. But there's 
things about this plot that are that use the villain's motivation and the villain has lost her family and lost her village and and now she's trying to get them back and she's using this power plant that's supposed to be giving power to the poor uh the poor people in gotham and she's actually using it and using the poor people of gotham to bring back her family and there is a really good moral conundrum in this comic. And the moral conundrum has to do with, is it okay to do something wrong if the result is going to be something really good? And are you compromising when you are hurting people, but the hurt that you're causing these people is actually going to allow you to contribute to the greater good of many more people? And so it dives into those and you have Batgirl kind of arguing about that. Batgirl has a great argument of, you know, I compromises might be made, but I always try to do what's right. I always try to do what's good. I always try to do the right thing as I'm helping people. And it's really, it's a nice complex argument that the, uh, the antagonist and the protagonist are having. And I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And the thing I enjoyed the most is that when the dust settled, they had a couple scenes still to go. And one of them was that after all of this and after people had been killed and after people had given their lives uh, or had their lives taken from them, I should say, in service of what could have been a greater good, the politicians jump in and say, well, we're going to use this anyway. And it adds some moral ambiguity to the moral conundrum that they're dealing with. And it's it's nice. It, this is a story that had an interesting setup. And I remember from Batgirl number 45, you know, it wasn't interesting enough for me to say, I'm going to run out and get number 46. But I am so glad that I have number 46 in my hand right now. And I got to read it because this was a great issue, had some interesting moral issues to deal with, moral conflicts to deal with. It had some interesting physical conflicts to deal with, and it actually had an ending. <laughs> and that's what I look for, especially when I'm reading a comic. I'm not sure how much I would have liked it if I was just coming in without having read the previous issue. However, I will also say this. This one is one of those comics where when you're coming in, you might be a little bit lost at first, but you will figure out what's going on and what's at stake as you're reading along. So then it also dives into uh, some relationship stuff that, again, I don't know the character that she is dealing with as as she's trying to figure out, am I going to be linked romantically to this person? But I don't need to know the character. It all works well, and it kind of ties into those themes of um, just doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. And it, it just, it worked really, really well. So the main event, uh, WW 84, number one museum mayhem. This one eh, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. There's a backup story in it. That is not movie wonder woman. It's, it's current continuity or, uh, DC universe, wonder woman, whatever she might be. And then that's, it's a short story. There's, they're hard to do. They're hard to do well. And I really just didn't, didn't do anything for me. The other one had a lot of space and is basically a full length story. And it is clearly meant to be the Gal Gadot uh, Wonder Woman from the, the movie series. But it also brings in these three 80s kids who are 80s. Uh, they're teens with attitude. One of them has a mohawk even and talks about being stoned. 
and they're all at the museum when the museum gets robbed and they show real uh, bravery as they are taking care of business without Wonder Woman while Wonder Woman is taking care of business elsewhere in the museum. And the story itself is okay. You know, it's all okay. The artwork feels like it's written or drawn rather for a younger audience. Some of the dialogue feels like it's written for a younger audience. Uh, So I'm not sure who the intended audience is of this comic because I've seen it in this uh, prepackaged thing at Walmart. It appeared there first and then it did show up in in comic book shops not too long after that. Uh, I just wasn't really drawn in and I didn't know what to expect with this at all. Uh, so honestly, this whole grab bag thing has just kind of surprised me. You know, this one, the one that I was kind of looking forward to the most, just because that's the one that was on front and that's that was the big draw for me to actually purchase this. Story's okay, you know, and it doesn't really reveal anything new. It's it's just an adventure that takes place in the 80s, presumably before the movie, uh, as uh, Diana Prince is doing her job working at a museum and then the power gets thrown off and it gets robbed. And I think that that actually is meant to allow her to act as Wonder Woman, but not necessarily reveal herself as Wonder Woman because uh, the, the lights are off. And so people can't get a good look at her, but the artwork itself, there's darkness around the characters and behind the characters, but the characters themselves are really well defined and drawn and, like I said, though, it, it's, it looks like it's drawn for a younger audience. It's, it has a cartoony uh, caricature feel to it. You can definitely feel that they are using Gal Gadot as the model for the, the caricature. But yeah, is it great? No. Is it good? Yes, it works. Was this package of comics fun? Absolutely. 100%. I enjoyed myself reading this thing. I have not yet seen the movie and I will, if I do see the movie before this publishes, I will add an addendum to this and maybe cut this part out. But as of right now, I have not seen the movie. And right now I'm just going to talk about what's coming up next in 2021 for the comic book time machine. I'm not sure exactly if uh, Matt Anderson has any plans or if he and Daniel are going to do anything. They usually like to get together around Christmas time and do their Christmas talk episodes. So I think we can probably expect that to happen. And maybe that'll be around the first of the year that that we get a drop for that. But uh, as I mentioned in the last uh, episode, there will be a Frank Miller series (laughs) I'm not sure what I'm going to call it, but the this Frank Miller project, this Batman, the Dark Knight cycle, uh, whatever it ends up being called, that's that's a plan for 2021. Not sure how long it's going to take. I will also be looking at Marvel's Cosmic Comics and taking some issues at a time with that. And we'll see, you know, how many we actually get to. I don't know. And then there's some a lot of Swamp Thing stuff going on. Uh, I'm not hearing a lot about Man Thing. And so, you know, the, the Swamp Things uh, episodes that I'll be doing are probably going to be focusing mainly on Swamp Thing. But I did find out that the Swamp Thing continuing series is actually now a maxi series. I don't know if there was any uh, – honestly, I, I don't know if there was – if they had said anything that it was going to be just an ongoing series. But that will be a 10-issue series. There will be two issues of Swamp Thing in the future state stuff that I'll be covering and reading and i'm really looking forward to that because that sounds like it's going to be just a kind of done in one 
there is no future for future state from what I can tell. This will be something where these two issues will kind of be their own, almost an Elseworlds kind of thing, self-contained. We'll see. We'll see. But all that said, uh, I'm, I really enjoyed reading these comics and I'm looking forward to reading more that I have fun with and hopefully you're having fun with your comics too. And so until next time, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And of course, as always, Godspeed. <laughs>